Ed Sheeran playing the GTFM. That's called Bloodstream. It's very good, isn't it? Uh, well, the horse and cart finally arrived. Good morning, Vicky Howells. Morning, Gareth. Horse and cart. I could imagine you in the gold coach coming down there from uh, the high the high ground of Aberdeen. Uh, so how are you this morning anyway? Oh, well, who could fail to be anything but happy in this glorious sunshine? It's I know. Lovely, yes, it? yes, it's very nice. It's about time too, isn't it, to be fair? Yes. Uh, because that cold weather sort of dragged on, didn't it, for months it and months, it seemed. Uh, so we're covering a, a couple of topics today then, as always. Uh, so let's start then with the banning of snares in Wales. Now, you've been campaigning mm. uh, for this ban as part of the Welsh Government Agricultural Bill. Yeah, that's right. And I know it's something I've talked about on the programme before. And I'm just so delighted now that we're at the final stages. The legislation has been uh, passed as far as it can in the Senate. We're just waiting now for a few bureaucratic things and then to get the royal assent. So the Agriculture Bill itself replaces all the EU laws that we had covering farming. So when the Welsh Government had to write their own bill to cover all of that, um, Leslie Griffiths, the minister, said, well, let's take a look at some animal welfare issues within that as well. I pressed for snares to be outlawed as part of that. It's something I've been campaigning on for a long time. Um, it's such a barbaric uh, process. So I think it's going to it's going to be great. We're going to be the first part of the UK to ban snares, um, but we'll be in step with most of the rest of Europe where they're already banned. OK, so, so Scotland and Northern Ireland, and they haven't got a ban? No, not yet. But let's hope they follow um, Wales's good example because you know the the big issue with snails not only are they cruel to the to the species that they are supposed to be catching, but actually most um, animals that get caught in snails are not the target species. It's things like domestic cats badgers you know and they die a really really horrible painful death so time to get it outlawed so let's look at the definition then of a snare it's a trap for catching birds or mammals uh typically one having a noose of wire or cord it does sound cruel doesn't it Yes, and the evidence that we took on the committee was really categorical. Uh, that It's almost like a medieval t- torture device. And I think a lot of people, when I speak on it, a lot of, of residents uh, are shocked that these things were still allowed to be used in, uh, in Britain today. So it, it's a really good step for animal welfare that Wales will be leading the way on banning snares. Yeah, because um, as you said, you know, it, it is a cruel way and, and animals will get caught in these snares. They don't necessarily die straight away mm-hmm. and they can become, I suppose, prey for other animals as well, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, what have supporters of snares actually said then, Vicky? Because you do see the, you know, the other side of the fence as well. Um, what do the farmers say who support the use of snares? Well, there aren't that many farmers who still would support the use of snares, actually. Um, but the arguments that we took as a committee was that this was the best way to trap, for example, foxes, um, so that they wouldn't um, predate on farm species. Uh, and there was a, there was some issues around ground nesting birds as well, trying to keep predators away from those. Um, but I'm the species champion for the nightjar, which is a ground nesting bird. So this is something that you know I've followed the arguments for and against really carefully for quite a few years. Uh, and I'm completely convinced that there are other ways to protect um, animals from predators. We don't need to use devices like this. Okay. Uh, so when does it actually become law? 
Well, we're going to wait for royal assent now. So we haven't got a date yet, but it should be coming pretty soon. And I can update you when I come back next. Ah, see. Well said. Uh, now, Rontherkin and Taff has a purple plaque. Um, uh, it's first, apparently. Now, most people have, have seen blue plaques mm. commemorating houses where famous people once lived or were born and that sort of thing. Uh, purple plaques, though, obviously different. Yes, that's right. So a couple of years ago, um, there were a number of us female politicians at the Senate who were getting a bit concerned that perhaps the Blue Plaque Brigade were leaving out a lot of our really important historical females. Um, so we decided we were going to set up our own uh, way of doing things with purple plaques uh, that would showcase the life and works of... So why purple, not pink, then? <laughs> I think to avoid those traditional gender oh, stereotypes, right, okay. really. Right. And they look exactly like blue plaques. They're just purple, as, as the name suggests. Um, so there are now, I think there are 15 across Wales. Um, that's all been achieved in the space of about three years. Uh, so the first one for LAD and RCT was unveiled just two weeks ago. And what's her name? So her name is Rose Davis, and she's an absolutely fascinating character. So she was born in 1882, lived in Aberdeen, and long before she was even entitled to vote as a woman, she was really heavily involved in local politics. So she chaired the local Chamber of Trade. Um, she became a councillor for the Aberammon Ward. Uh, she ended up chairing Glamorgan County Council, um, which uh, was was a really big achievement to, to do in the 1920s when women were still on very much on the fringes of politics. Um, and she was also really involved in writing political policy as well. So Keir Hardy, the first leader of the Labour Party, if you look at his education manifesto, that was all written for him by Rose Davis. Really Is it really? Lady, oh. yeah. She would have loved to have been around today then, wouldn't she? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to Jane Hutt um, and to Julie Morgan, both uh, ministers in the Welsh government, about this. And they said, gosh, they could just see her sitting on the benches in the Senate, you know, with us. And you could you could imagine the things she would be interested in. And wouldn't it be great if you could be a fly on the wall and go back and see her in action in the, all those years ago in Glamorgan County Council? Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, so has Rose still got relatives in the Cairn Valley, do you know? She's got um, a niece who came up from Penarth and actually unveiled the plaque. So it was really lovely to, to meet her. And she was able to talk to us about uh, her memories of her Auntie Rose uh, before she'd passed away. All right. And, uh, well, obviously happy memories. But because uh, Victorians, you know, they, they could be quite strict as well, couldn't they, on times? Yes. D does she mention any early memories from that? Like, yeah, sit down, Beave. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that Rose was quite a, quite a character and that you know had a lot of inner strength and she would have used that to to overcome the barriers facing women in politics and in wider society in those days you know yeah Okay. And uh, where did you say the plaque was? Did you mention it? Where, where was it? It's on the front of the Cannon Valley Library. Um, sorry, the Cannon Valley Museum, which is right oh, next right. to Tesco's in Aberdeen. Yeah. yeah. And okay. there's lots of information inside the museum then about Rose as well. Brilliant stuff. Now then, uh, May is Mental Health Month, of course. Uh, yes. And you recently visited the new 111 Press 2 Call Centre in RCT? 
Yes, that's right. So this is something that I think I've mentioned again there previously on the programme because it's it's a real interest of mine. And um, people know that if they've got a, a medical issue, they want to run it past someone in the NHS, you pre- you could dial 111. Um, that's NHS Direct. Now, if you dial 111, you'll be prompted. If there is a physical issue that you'd like uh, helping with, you press 1. And if it's a mental health issue, you press 2. And you get straight through to a team of experts and it doesn't matter how mild or severe your mental health concerns are they can address all sorts of issues um, by signposting you to the right places linking you up so that you can get immediate help as well as a sort of a counselling service over the phone from that team as well and have they been busy they have yes they've been really busy um and it, it was just so lovely to to speak to them all and to see their backgrounds where they come from the different skill sets they brought to the job and how rewarding they found the job already i think it's only been up and running for about four weeks um but lots of the people who were ringing um had been given the information by word of mouth by someone else who'd been helped by the service and you know that's always the best endorsement yeah. isn't it uh, so are they sort of, tra- like you said, they, they're obviously trained. Are they sort of like trained counsellors, that sort of thing, in yes, mental I health? Mean, yes, there's a mixture of different skill sets there. Um, everyone has had experience in, in different areas. Um, uh, there was one person who I spoke to who'd come from the ambulance service, another from the police, but all where they'd had that background um, in mental health support and qualifications to go alongside it as well, yeah. And if the councillors have uh, big concerns about a particular person, do they automatically refer them to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? What, what's that process then? Yes, yeah, so, so there's, there's a whole heap of different um, ways that they can support people um, and it follows a sort of a flow chart to try and make sure that they get the best outcome depending on what the person has said so it can be anything from just a chat on the phone that could be could close down the issue yeah, because some people just get lonely don't they I that's suppose. right yeah. yeah it could be signposting them to um to charities third sector groups that are in the community uh, particularly for issues that arise around loneliness you know there's so much in the community uh, that people can be directed to to meet other people like themselves and and have that those that socialization but it can be right up to you know so if somebody rings the service and they're feeling suicidal they'll make sure that they get uh, professional support within a four-hour window um, and, and they can stay on the phone with that person until the professional support is there very good um, and they don't need, people don't need to be referred to the service from the doctors, do they? No, absolutely not. So you can just pick up the phone 24-7, um, ring 111, follow the direction then to press 2 for mental health support. Um, and it really is a service for everyone. I can't stress that enough from the, the most mild uh, to the most severe mental health challenges. Great stuff. Um, any other news? Oh, Apart from the weather you've brought? <laughs> Um, anything any any functions coming up that you want to tell anybody about oh gosh probably not <laughs> all I've got in my head at the moment Gareth is my daughter's GCSE exam timetable oh, you know that's taking over everything what, at the for moment for the exams coming up yeah, yeah she's in the middle of it so yeah it's, she's getting on oh, well good. she's working very hard so fingers crossed what a diplomatic answer <laughs> what a diplomatic answer um, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you and Vicky how, how can they do that 
Okay, so um, you can email me at vicky.towers at senna.wales. You can ring my office in Aberdeen on 01685 881388. Um, or you can get in touch on social media through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Fantastic and well remembered as well. Uh, okay, then Vicky Howells, member of the Senate for the Cannon Valley. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning and no doubt see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, thank you, Gareth.